0: Happy Friday. We have reached another episode. We are reached another Friday. and that is an amazing thing. I mean, this has been a week. It's always a week, right? So let's just state that now. We already know it's been a long week. And it's been I don't know a lot of emotions just and I don't want to say emotions like, something's wrong or anything was happening or there's nothing to that effect it was just as usual per usual it was just extremely extremely long week i'm starting to accept it though i'm thinking that this is just how it's going to be and i honestly think it's because of like the hustle and bustle we're about to end the year i don't know so if you are just turning in for the very first time welcome to this space I always hope that this space, whenever you are here, is always about being able to, first of all, just have very authentic conversation. We talk about everything from self care to mental health, and I talk about those two things no matter what episode we're talking about. It doesn't matter what else we add on the picture; it doesn't matter what we add on the plate. Those are always the two main staples. And I think the reason why I've always been asked this question: Well, what was your goal? You know, what was the reason for that? And I think for me. Is those are the two things that we always have to try to make sure we put to the forefront. I mean, we have so much going on. We talk about, you know, the emotions of things. We talk about coronavirus. We talk about all kinds of carrying on. However, when it comes to our mental health, it's very important that I try to be the voice of someone that understands because, I, you know, I am very authentic about And very clear about my own struggles, whether that be you know a good week, a bad week, an indifferent week, it does not choose to begin to matter to me. I always want this space to be a safe place, and because again, I you know I am a lifestyle blogger as well, um, as now a podcaster and a motivational speaker. Now you know just add a couple little little hats you know to the table. However, when I first started blogging this was six years ago, I've always been the type that was very clear that I didn't want to just bring beautiful pictures and fluff and, you know, showing filters and just, you know, I, I didn't want to just do that. I always wanted to keep a balance of saying, listen, beyond those pictures, this is the real life. Because so many people do with so many different things. And then they think that they're alone, because, you know, they can't put a smile on their face and try to push through keep it honest with you a lot of the bloggers and lifestyle influencers or just influencers because you can be any type of influencer oftentimes have the most going on because you know it can be a lot of bells and whistles so I've always pride pride took pride in myself as saying yes I'm going to show you that as well but I also want to take a focus and time to just speak to the authentic people who are just like listen i don't always have a filter on my entire life and sometimes i just struggle and i don't have anybody else to talk to i don't think anybody else understands that is how i've always wanted to keep this space for people who like myself which to me is just the majority of people who just don't always have to have it together they don't always have to have it pre-packaged a certain way and as much as i like to keep my feed beautiful like the next person I'm always going to always give you that dose of reality and that reality. I'm hoping when you come here is, is also with the, with love and with understanding, because I think that's the one thing we lack as people. And I think really with us being quarantined, however, you're choosing to live your life with the dynamics that are going on right now, we don't have enough of love and understanding just, we just don't. So that's abundantly, abundantly clear about how this world is going. Uh, this is episode 10 and normally episode 10 like I did the first season would be like the end of the season however because we're going into Christmas I'm going to extend season two just be to, right before think uh, Christmas then we'll take a little bit of a hiatus and by hiatus I mean like a week or two you know get through Christmas get through New Year's may even throw a little bonus episode here or there but then we'll come right back because I want to be able to support Myself, you, whoever is listening, as we go through like the really bitter winter months, because again, I have stated this before, seasonal depression is very real, and you know, I don't know about you, but first of all, I get up about five thirty five forty five every morning, so it's super dark, like super dark, super fast, and then, if you blink really quick about four thirty, it's super dark again, so. Losing the daylight and not having that long period of daylight as we were when it's like summertime, and it's all, you know, even the beginning of fall is very hard. again, and this is what triggers people for their seasonal depression because you can't really get out as much. You're restricted, and then God forbid you throw like a pandemic and stuff into the to the plate. Like what else can possibly happen? So that is the reason why I want to keep season two just a little longer. And I actually might extend the rest of the seasons as well, because I want us to make sure that we feel supported. There are so many people who I've been getting, you know, I've gotten like emails from that are like, listen, I'm struggling. And if you need to email me or would like to email me, my email is always open to at blog at gmail.com. Um, yeah, it's people are struggling. And last episode, we were talking about me needing therapy right before Thanksgiving. Let me just clarify, because I've gotten several emails about it. I didn't make the appointment because of Thanksgiving. The appointment just happened to land on Thanksgiving. I had already pre, pre-planned pre that I was going to just start gearing back up with therapy. One, I just want to support myself. And I've always been very clear about that. I need to make sure that I keep myself supported. It's just, I just don't want my home life to not be reflective in my online life. And I need the two to mirror and or really out to reality. I need my home life to always over exceed anything that people are seeing online as far as, you know, influencing blogging products, whatever the case may be. I want my home life to be stellar. And if I start to recognize that there are some cracks in the things that are happening around me, I'm gonna be very supportive of myself and say let me go ahead and reach out for help and I think we need more people saying I'm not going to say use the word normalize because I think we use the word normalize for just about everything but I will say is that we need to be very clear that it's okay to say I need help and for me I've said this my husband's been on the, the podcast I keep saying that but sometimes you can't always depend and hope that your spouse is going to be the catalyst that just pulls you out sometimes this is a personal walk and there are times when he can support me and love me, but sometimes that doesn't that may not be enough because I may need more support. I may need support in a different way. And it's okay for me to say I need that help. So that is where I'm at. That's where I like I said last last episode, that appointment just happened to fall on Thanksgiving Day. I've never even gone to any type of counseling, whether in person or not and had it on a major holiday however I do see the value in it I do see the value in people having um, some type of support especially as we get closer and closer to Christmas Thanksgiving was not as tough and I'm going to be really really honest about why for me it wasn't as tough as far as being separated from the family I love my husband's family I have no issues with any of them whatsoever but you know we have to always just you know this is just a real place that My husband and I, when we first had our oldest daughter, we were very clear about how we were splitting the holidays. Um, Prior to his mother um, transitioning um, to heaven, we were just clear about how we were doing the holidays. And I think even as, you know, at the time we weren't married, but we had a daughter, you have to kind of be clear about how holidays will work. And I say that because my husband and I, you know, we just try to just be really honest about what we're doing. And when we first met, or not when we first, met, well, actually, no, when we first met, we just came with this idea about how to split it. And it was always Thanksgiving with his family, Christmas with mine, or Christmas with Alter. No, Christmas has been with my family. Christmas has been my family, Thanksgiving with his, and Easter was always the Alter, Alter, alternating holidays. Um, and through some um, things that have happened easter has kind of just been like listen we'll see how that goes but when it comes to thanksgiving we spend it with his uncle which really is my uncle i really do um, appreciate and love um, his uncle his uncle has just been extremely supportive of us of me So it was really hard not seeing him. And I think that was really the biggest issue. But when it comes to Thanksgiving, because we're with his family, I really didn't feel super, super sad. Like I talked to my family, some of them, you know, via FaceTime, which would be it's not out of the ordinary. But Christmas, Christmas is usually with my family. And I think for me, knowing that ahead of time, I'm doing everything I can to really make sure that I'm okay with that and I understand why I mean obviously it's not in my opinion I know a lot of people listen y'all are out here not wearing your mask and being proud of that Um, there's just way too many one way too many deaths two way too many people getting sick and just I don't want to us to get so desensitized because we feel like oh you know I keep hearing about it. I'm so sick of hearing about it like I'm tired of hearing about the coronavirus too but we got to talk about it because it's happening all around us I mean, I'm in Philadelphia and the cases are so bad that we're like kind of not full-fledged stay at home. But like, listen, don't bring your behind out unless you truly need to be out here. That's kind of where we are right now. So it's serious. And like I said, I've said it in season one that I've had six to seven family members in my in my family, not in my household, but in my family that had it. And I'm talking about matriarchs of my family who has had it and that to me watching just hearing this, you know. Trying to keep up with everybody, seeing who's sick, who was in the hospital, who came out, who was on a ventilator, who wasn't—it is serious. So I personally just never took it lightly, anyway. And because of my two asthmatic kids, I—I I just right there scares me. It just—I cannot do it. I've already been with my children, especially my oldest, in too many situations with them without COVID being a factor where my otis has had so many different interventions because of her asthma and my son's asthma that i'm just i am not personally trying to see that you know it's something when you see your whole like I, remember, I just let's give a quick story so my otis was born six weeks early and she just had all kinds of you know kids born early you know it is what it is you have so many different complications life is different i couldn't move and navigate with her the way more normal parents, whatever normal parents, whatever normal means, I just couldn't do it. And so there have been times when, you know, my daughter would stop breathing and she's going limp in my arm and she's changing colors and she's going through all these different things. I, I cannot, my own personal mind cannot fathom that something that, because I'm the adult, my husband is the adult and us as a, as a force together, if we do something or contract it, whether it was something we've done, it was intentional or not. For me to think that I could just see my child in that type of state. And again, I know there's some kids who have been fine and none, nothing has happened to them. But when you have a child with underlining or children with underlining health issues, I cannot go back to that mindset. I cannot go back to that moment when I've watched her go lifeless in my hand. And, you know, as a new mom at the time, I didn't know what the heck was happening when it happened like the first time. So for me, I can't play pity pat with these kids. So. I know that sounds like I'm like fear mongering like oh my god it's going to be the worst thing that's ever happened but I personally just cannot take that chance and if you are thinking that you can more power to you but that's just not my testimony that's just something I cannot do so again no I did not get therapy on Thanksgiving because I was trying to prepare for the holidays Um, it just happened to have the appointment kind of just landed on that day so But I am recognizing my thing. I don't even have to think. I know that my next appointment for therapy, one of the couple of next appointments are going to be very closer to Christmas, which I was very intentional with that. Because again, because Christmas is my holiday, and I don't say mine, but our holiday to spend with my family. um, I have not seen a lot of them since September. And prior to that was really, I haven't seen them since before, before that Christmas 2020 has been really hard and I miss my nieces I want to be able to hug them and see them open their gifts and things like that so we're not going to be able to do that we are going to come together via zoom or however we're going to you know break this down and have it happen and I've already mailed their gifts off and it's hard like I'm mailing a huge box of gifts that I would normally give out personally because I would want to see them open it in person and and hear the reactions and hear the laughs and the giggles because when we all get together for christmas it's literally just a bunch of laughs the kids are all kinds of hype like they'll come in the house they just want to eat real quick because they know if they don't eat they can't open their things and so as a family extended family it's just like hard to even realize that okay this is the first year just that this is not happening Um, however, for me personally, the sacrifice of not seeing them this year so that I can spend all of my auntie time with them and be able to take them out because that was the goal. We had just started to get on a pattern where, um, for the first time I was able to keep my, my, my nieces with me for a whole weekend. And listen, I am like that mom. Like I am that mom. I go out of my way to make sure that my kids have such great memories and find different fun things for them to do but I'm just as much as that eye. and so not being able to do that has been really tough and again I'm not acting like I'm the only person like I'm not acting like some martyr some victim or nothing like that I'm just saying it is what it is so no um if you are you thinking about whether you should get therapy, what you should do, I think it's a personal decision, and I think that for me, it just happens to work. It helps to keep me together, it helps me to have some balance, it helps me to have somebody else to talk to, to bounce things off. And again, when I I'm feeling like I'm really, really out of pocket, then I know I can have that as a resource for me. Um, so we are going to extend season two a little bit longer than we did season one again thank you for rocking out with us you know season two has been amazing and just as amazing as season one when i was super nervous and i was like oh my gosh i don't like the sound of my voice i still don't um oh my gosh you know people are really liking it and i'm getting a lot of feedback so again if you are enjoying the space please review it share it with your friends share it with somebody just you know keep this vibes going um, this week, I wanted to talk about, you know how how much our lives are really affected by our families. Because we are missing families, I mean, a lot of people were like, come really excited because this is like the first year for Thanksgiving, they didn't have to have, you know, aunt so-and-so talk about their weight or ask them if they're going to have a thousand one kids. Now, I mean, like I said before, I think I said it last episode, you know, would you have rather hear your family, you know, basically, you know, be in your business and down your neck if it meant seeing them and versus not seeing them. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, but there's a lot of family members that just be doing the absolute Most, And I mean that in the most kindest and sometimes even the most unkind way. We really have got to get together about how we communicate with one another and the need to point out stuff that is this like so super obvious, you know, I don't think we need to get out of this culture of that. Um, Just feeling the need to say anything and everything just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know, type of situation. So this week has been one of those weeks. So i love watching ayana um van zandt when she does her shows fix my life i just love it i love the show it's always listen i don't care how great your family is i don't care how great your life is if you really watch that episode or shows i should say you're always going to find in my opinion if you're open to change and you're open to making you know whatever lifestyle changes you need to make i feel like you can feel the wind blow and it can have a message in it so I just feel like with her show, it's always something that you can learn. So in this past episode, and I want to really talk about this really, really quick. In this past episode, she had Lisa Ray, Lisa Ray's mother, and Lisa Ray's daughter. They um, are in the same household because when the pandemic hit, Lisa Ray did not want her mother to go back to wherever she was living. So now they're all in one household. First of all, kudos to them. Um, I love mom and them, but I'm I'm not going back home to live under the same roof with my parents and it's no disrespect to them but I have really enjoyed the life that I have made with my family I love to be able to do what I want to do and do it the way I wanted to do it I just don't see me going back and living underneath my parents roof Uh, again I know there's a lot of people who are doing that there are a lot of people who culturally that's just like how they thrive like I know in the Asian culture like staying with your parents and making sure your parents are good i think those are all great qualities i think we should always look for our elders um the other week i was thinking about my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother and really just remembering the love and the patience that they had with me as a young girl I remember the the lessons that they gave me and i think all of those things are beautiful but for me when you get grown. Like, you never like, I don't know if it was just me. I I know it's not. But growing up in my house, my mom and dad's house was like, listen, you ain't grown until you're not asking for other people to basically help keep your basics of life. Like, I'm not asking somebody to pay my mortgage. I'm not asking somebody to take care of these other things. So I feel now that and you know what, being a married woman doesn't really make you grown. And even having children doesn't make you grown just makes you old enough to do these things. But really being grown is when you can really get into the trenches of life and really figure it out without ever, I'm not saying ever, but always having to call home and asking somebody to always bail you out. I'm not saying that we don't all get into things because God knows everybody in life, including me has got into some things. But to say, I can say at almost 40 years old, I finally done reached the point where I feel like I'm grown, grown. I just cannot see myself living with my parents. I do not want to be in someone else's home by them telling me when I can and cannot come out and leave. And I, that ain't for me that, that ain't for me. But again, I know there's a lot of people, you know, coming together, they're living together because they kind of need to support each other for whatever the reasons are. So I give all the kudos to Lisa Ray and her mother and her daughter, who I believe her daughter is like 30 years old or higher or over older and still living in the same house i am not here to judge why the daughter is there the mother i understood because she's older you know you can't have mama going home and then you can't really get to her and you're i get all that the daughter is the part that i struggle with but if you watch the episode you'll actually see the very you'll see i want to say a glimpse of as to why the daughter is the way she is the mother or lisa ray is the way she is and then when you see the mom it's just like a, all conglomerates it was a it was a mess. So without giving away too much of the episode, because I'm always about, you know, viewerships and watching other people's art and things of that sort. So I don't want to knock anything Ayana is doing, but it was just a lot of trauma that the mother, the mother, Lisa Ray's mother had really given Lisa Ray and Lisa Ray in return, gave it, gave it to her daughter. And one thing that stuck out with me was that the comment that mean mothers breed mean mothers. And what that meant to me, because you may hear that and hear something completely different. But for me, if your mother was like void of um, nurturing uh, qualities, you don't always grow up in that type of headspace that you're like aware that you should be doing the same thing. So you then basically emulate what you were taught. So what I have been doing in my parenting again I went to counseling my first therapy session was probably shortly after I had my oldest because I didn't want to make sure I wanted to make sure I tapped into whatever it is I felt like I wanted to be the mom that I felt like my child needed and I know she was a newborn. So it was like, how was she going to tell me what she needed? But I wanted to make sure that I was loving towards her. I wanted to make sure that I took the time with her. I wanted to make sure that I was patient with her. And I'm not saying that I'm that I like mastered this patient's life because now since her, I've had two more. So I have three children and you know, with all the the therapy in the world, it's not going to say that every single day I'm going to get it right. And I'm the first to say I'm the type of parent that doesn't see an error or a wrong to like apologize to my child if I've said something and my my responses are short or if I find out that I'm hollering or if I find out of those things. But my daughter, in my opinion, she got through her saved me. She, it just it's it's the truth. So I went to counseling because I wanted to be soft. I wanted to make sure that I was giving her anything that she needed, and by that I just mean support. And I have been telling my friends since since I began to have a clear mind and headspace is that when you have children, anything that you didn't deal with up until that point will, to me, begin to blossom and open up if you don't do the the work of making sure that you're pretty much a solid dope human and adult because I wasn't doing that I wasn't I was you know a couple years after graduating from college I'm still trying to hit the streets I'm still trying to go out I'm still trying to hang out I'm, you know and I that was my point that was my time to do that at under 30 years old single woman dating here and there like that was my that was that's that's when you're supposed to do all those things So having a a child and having to then change that lifestyle and really have to get focused um, is not always easy for every person. You know, everybody says about how like, you know, there's certain things become natural and they're not always so natural. So kudos to just people in my life that encourage. Like I really just went, dug myself deep in. So the thought that mean mothers breed mean mothers I just feel like you there's an opportunity within yourself to change that but it still knocks at the door and says hey you know you you might need to want to get it together I I think that if you're dealing with someone if you're dealing with your mother and you feel like your mother might have been mean or maybe you don't want a sugarcoat coat or maybe that is what it was you have a mean mom and so you're fighting not to become a mean mom I just think that at the end of the day it's just boils down to choice and understanding what the triggers were for your mom that may have made her that way because that's the reality of it I have no idea what type of mom Lisa Ray's mom was to her that made her then infiltrate this down the line and then today um I want to say today well not necessarily today because you know yesterday I was listening or watching um Uh, judge is it judge mathis yes judge mathis and i don't really watch a lot of judgy shows but um i was watching something on was i believe it was facebook you know how you see those videos that pop up on facebook so then you get down this tunnel and funnel of watching the abyss of social media and then you're done it might have been on facebook it might even been on instagram so the mother of this young man had abandoned him a couple of times as he was growing up and then um got a bill in his name so that's what brought him to court she got a bill in his name without permission and then of course didn't pay it and his credit got messed up so then he wanted his money back but then in the midst of that you're hearing all this toxic narcissistic behavior that was coming from the mother and it was just really hard to watch because it was just like you know just because you had a child does not always make you a mom and so in this episode that i watched the mother was extremely like distant, cold, um, no type of communication, no of remorse, no anything towards her son. And her son was just like, you know, he's a grown man with kids of his own. And he was just really almost like a little kid that's just like still wanting his mom's attention, no matter how bad she was. And so it was really hard to watch. It was hard to watch because the mom didn't even acknowledge. I don't even think she realizes or maybe she doesn't just doesn't care. I mean, I don't know, but it's hard to watch this, these types of things when you see these parents that are acting like this, because this is really somehow some parents are just like this. And so, yeah, it was um, really difficult. So, you know, I've said this before and I'll say this again, having children changes your life forever, but it's, it's a it's something that you should really walk into motherhood or fatherhood you should really walk into it with it being your choice and I ain't talking about that whole I just didn't um I didn't protect myself because let me just be really 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 and some more real I just wasn't really honestly even with our with my husband and I having our three kids it's like hey if you are not even as a married woman I feel like we really should just do better at making sure that the decisions that we make are not a decision that is made exclusively by the man or if you don't feel strongly about something and then you don't speak up because you're feeling like you have to walk on pins and needles you're really just not in a healthy relationship you're not period. And I feel like we, as women have to be a little bit more vocal about things because for me having children, I watch, I'm watching all these wonderful women that are having these babies now or pregnant or just having these babies. And I'm like, kudos to them for being able to walk this out and be, you know, have this great, beautiful experience. But for me, I literally, literally almost lost my entire life having my children, especially when it came to my daughters. I don't, my son, it was almost like picture perfect pregnancy, but those girls who did a, a work on my body and for me to have laid my life on the line literally and I'm talking about like show enough could have died was on the brink of dying having them it's like I don't want to go through that without it being really about what it is that I want to do is if I don't really want to be a mom if it's really not in me I'm going to do everything I can to protect myself so that I don't have to have that decision be made for me out of the of the negligence of me not taking care of myself so if you are sexually active, you really have to do your due just, your due justice to make sure that you do whatever you can to not have that kid if you're not ready. And it's more than just having a job and it's more than just being, you know, giving a child a bath and cleaning them and keeping them clean. You really have got to be prepared to take care of everything that they need. If you cannot afford to keep yourself together, there's no way you can keep your child together. It's just not. So I would encourage you, anybody, whether you have mom issues or not, you don't really have to have a mom, quote unquote, issue. You don't have to have a family issue. It doesn't always have to be that is the focus. But I'm just saying these are some types of shows that sometimes just they pull on the heartstrings. And it's really just something that you should just really think about looking internally. One of the other things that I want to talk about when we talk about making decisions that are truly behind about what do you want to do? You know, I am a married woman. I have been married for almost eight years. Well, eight years actually, going into, well, yeah, eight years. And I have lived as a married woman, as a stay at home mom. I have been with my husband prior to us becoming married, um, single, you know, technically, because, you know, by tax purposes, you either are single or you are married. Or sometimes divorce or separated, but that's about it. There is no um, uh, situationship on tax forms. There's nothing that there is no side chick academy on the tax forms. It is not, um, hey, we you know we kind of like he my boo, but he's my boo in private. There's no there's no box you can check for that. So it's either you're single, you're married, divorced, or or, or separated. And so as a single woman. Prior to me being a married woman, I have been with my husband through different aspects of financial ups and financial downs. But one thing I will say is I just feel like, even as a, you know, we talk about, I hear, I grew up in a church. And I've said this before. I grew up in a church. And so I grew up into one of those churches where everything was marriage minded. Marriage minded. Everything was about being married. And like being married was like the end all be all. Like, you, if you're married, it's like, the doors of the church have opened up to you we really have to really get stop this foolishness and I know it's coming weird from hearing it from a married woman but I'm always going to keep it just right there so y'all can get it being married is beautiful if you choose and desire to be married but being married is not the, the it, you have not reached a crown because you are married So I know that when married women get the engagement ring and they get married, they start looking down on their single friends. And I'm just here to tell you that it's just not me. That's not my M.O. That's not how I get down, because I was always taught you can be my mother taught me that you can be single at any moment. First of all, that's that's number one. And number two, there's just more on the plate on this planet than be having somebody else's last name and so many people are so hungry for marriage and they want to have somebody's last name and they want this ring and they want this wedding and life has a way of showing you that it's way more than that if you really want to if you really want to be honest it's really a lot more than that because once you attach your 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 caboose to somebody else's and that caboose that you chose looks good on paper but you get behind closed doors and it ain't really what you cracked up to be you better be sure that you got into it for the right reasons because you have a lifetime to be married I really I really wish I had the clear mindset that I had when I was in my t- late 20s because we have this mint this capacity this th- this thought process that you know in my thought I had to be married by 25 I would start having kids about 28 30 And, you know, I just had this whole timeline thing going on, but the reality of it is is that you literally have an entire lifetime to be married to somebody. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, you're trying to be married forever. I'm not knocking people who get married at a young age. I know a few couples who have gotten married at an extremely young age and are killing it in the game. They, they are just doing whatever they got to do to make it work. However, it's like this generation where at least where I was growing up in my church, um, these women, and not these women, as if they were like distance or whatever the case may be, because I'm not knocking anybody's situation because we all make decisions according to what we feel at the time is best. So whatever they decided at that time, kudos to that. However, in the church that I grew up in, it was like everybody wanted to be married. It was like the big thing to do, get married, had these big weddings, you know, and then you've seen these people really struggle without the proper support. Um, And you, and you never... It wasn't like I grew up in this church and where I was seeing women like, you know, I never grew up in a church where I saw women, you know, getting their passport um, stamps because they wanted to travel and have a girls trip or do anything like that. The women weren't like, oh, you know, we're going to go do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy my life. It was never anything like that. It was you get saved. You love Jesus. You got a husband. You went you had on some a couple of kids and you went about your way. You either got in the ministry and you did that really well or you just did the, you know, the best that you could outside of that. And again, I am not knocking that because I don't know what I would have done if I was a little bit older and I was in that mind frame. And as a uh, younger, a younger, younger younger girl younger woman at the time it was always this pressure like to hurry up and get married have these kids and take the same route and a lot of them that I that I saw a lot of them wasn't you know they did not work they um were just homemakers or they were you know stay-at-home moms and usually out of choice because I mean you got 17 17 kids you ain't trying to put 17 11 kids nobody in no daycare I mean I have three kids and I stayed home for the first um I went to work right after my daughter. So I went to work right after that six to eight, no, eight, eight week checkup because I had her a a C section. I took my behind to work because at the time, again, on the, the tax form, it's either single, married, or divorced or separated. So I was a single mother and I went to work. And so, again, um, so I took my toe to work because I had, we had a child to take care of. And, that Was my lot that was what I had to do, however, once I moved from uh, my small town to Philadelphia, it was very apparent that hey, I had to be a stay home mom because then I moved here and discovered that I was pregnant with the second child. And so, yeah, I, I you can't put two, three, 11 teen kids in daycare because daycare you spend a lot of money in daycare. And when I went, did go back to work. Um, I was working, you know, for a great company, it was no issues with that. But I wasn't making enough money to be out here, like, really doing the most like I pretty much felt like I was put, all the money that I was making with a degree with all the accolades with years of experience, I was I felt like my buddy was pretty much being give, given so that somebody else could take care of my kid. Because that is how much daycare costs. So when people's all like, oh, I want to have a baby, please understand that these kids are not cheap. You, You can't you cannot put 17, kids in nobody's daycare. You cannot. I mean, you have to really have your money right because it costs money. It's not cheap. You're paying like almost mortgages, if not even more than that, per month to send your child off to, to daycare. And a good one, not just somebody watching your child on the TV, you know, so they can watch TV. So you can basically say you didn't leave your child at home for so so you don't get a, you know, a charge. I'm talking about when you really want to put your child in a nice daycare. One that you feel comfortable in, one that gives them everything that they need, you know, mentally, emotionally, and and you are not going to pay, you are not going to get, you can't put seventeen kids in a, in a daycare, you cannot. So yeah, so being a stay home mom at, after I moved to Philadelphia in the beginning made sense, especially when you have an infant. The younger that your child is, and you put them in daycare, especially if they have to do anything that's called feeding them with a with a bottle or changing their diaper, you are gonna come out the pocket with it it don't matter where you are you can be in a little city or a big city it doesn't matter if your child is under the age of one years old and you're thinking about having children please ask your friends who have children how much they spend in the care because not everybody has you know a grandma a cousin an aunt somebody that can keep your kid so you got to do what you got to do so growing up hearing about everybody talking about the proverbs 31 woman in a church is not abnormal that's you're going to hear that if nothing else if you ain't gonna hear that before a man so that they can get you to do all of those household little things you know like cooking and cleaning whatever the case may be so you know we have this ideology of what we believe is a proverbs 31 woman and maybe to you it means so many different things but I, i i just want to remind everyone Especially if you dipped your baby toe in that church, you have to realize that being a Proverbs 31 woman, she wasn't just at home being a homemaker. She was at home being a homemaker. She also had on, you know, businesses. Listen, I know it's 2020. I know the pandemic is strong, but there's a lot of people who are starting online businesses all over the world who have no skill sets. And that is the part that we forget, you know, and I just don't want us to keep putting this message out that we have to have. Um, women that who don't have an income whatsoever, that they only have the income of their husband. Cause listen, the women, the men of this day and age are not like the, my great grandfather. Like I was thinking about my great grandfather last weekend and my great grandfather was a type of man who took care of the home, who gave the money to his wife, made sure that the bills were paid, you know, made sure the kids were taken care of. And I believe my grandparents, my great grandparents had 11 to 12 kids. We ain't having that these days and the age. These men will have kids all over the nation and will not take care of all the the kids that they need to take care of. And I'm not saying that that's all men. I'm not saying that whatsoever. What I am saying is the caliber of men that we had back then don't always equate to the caliber of men that we have now. And I'm not saying that the men that we had back in the day, like my great grandfather didn't come with some mess too. Now I'm not saying him specifically, but I'm saying not every man was perfect even then. At the end of the day, I just feel like we need to make sure that we have the message of some type of financial um, empowerment by encouraging women, whether you are a stay at home mom, whether you choose to let your husband do the more traditional roles that you still can have some sort of income, some and you know what, not even just an income, but a hobby, something that is truly just for you while you raise your family, because I believe in my personal opinion that a happy mother raises a happier family because she's solid in herself. And so, you know, growing up, that was what I saw. Women didn't take care of themselves. They didn't get their hair together. They want to look, you know, a certain type of way. Just, you know, and again, as a young kid, this was just my observation. And so, as I grew older, I just resented that. I did not want to have anything to do with that. Like, I didn't feel like because I'm, you know, I love Jesus that I couldn't, you know, get my hair curled. Like, what is that? I don't get that. Like, I don't see where God gets glory out of me looking a hot mess. Because he's teaching us not to be a hot mess. So how are we out here looking like one? Um, But I say all that because we as women have to be more in charge of what we want. And not always just float to what we believe our husbands, our boyfriends. First of all, stop. Listen, I know saying that you have a boo and you have a boyfriend sounds good. But again, until you get that tax paper that slides you over to a different tax bracket I'm going to need us to understand that we can't always rely um, on giving boyfriend's husband um, treatment. And I say that because not everybody wants to be married and I'm totally for that. Like I am all the way for that. I just think that we just had this mentality of always making sure that we hide that we tag team our significant others and just give them way more say than we need to. For instance, everybody was so up in arms when Neo and his uh, the first his first two children's mother, I think her name is Monette Monetta, and how she basically got her tubes tied because they were engaged and they were supposed to get married. And they again, he didn't want any more kids. She gets her tubes tied and then they got, you know, they broke up and things like that. Then he ends up having his second wife. They ended up, you know, pretty much from what from being, first of all, married at the altar. I mean, pregnant at the altar. So obviously they had the kid was already there or whatever the case may be and then ended up getting married I just feel like we make these permanent decisions with these temporary boyfriends and then we want to give them this right to have this say that's the part that I don't like about it I'm not against Neo and his um the mother of his two children the first mother I'm not against Neo and his wife I think we do the best that we can with what we have. I just want us to understand that we don't need to think that that is just the end all be all. And this Proverbs 31 woman, we know we want to be these Proverbs 31 when we don't want to do the whole thing. Like she was known in the things She could make her own clothes. She had all kinds of things going for her. And I just want us to understand when it comes to having children and and raising them, we sometimes make decisions according to what we believe our partner wants more than what we believe what we want. And I believe that's why I honestly think that when you go to get married, you make this decision to unite with another person that I feel like you should know who you are first. And that takes a long time to get to the point before you know who you are. And I feel like don't let that decision be based upon what you think is your quote unquote biological clock and or what you believe society is telling you should be or what you think is the natural state of your relationship. I just don't think you should do that. I think it really should be do is this something that you truly want and are you ready to weather the storm because again when you start to have children and you bring a family into it because remember not everybody that's married has kids they are still of their own family if you have a husband you don't always have to have there's no kids involvement to make you a family you are married that is your new family your husband is your new family and so that's not the idea that i'm pushing here what i'm saying is that for those who desire to have children and do have children Having children will open you up to things that if you have not dealt with, you are going to need to do that. And we got to make sure that we're making decisions on having children because it's based upon what we want and not because we were selfish and not taking care of our bodies and taking care of our decisions. If you're single and you know you're not trying to have a baby, then you need to be on somebody's birth control or abstain. You know what I mean? You, you need to do one or the other you need to have a condom you need to have some type of birth control you need to have some type of something that's going down because if you don't you know that 72 hour pill the the, the plan b may not always work and i don't want you having these kids with somebody that you can't even stand or you don't even know their last name and i'm not suggesting because you might be in a situation where you had a one night stand what i'm saying is you don't know enough about this person that you're uniting with because we have to have that conversation too you go to have this kid with somebody that you don't truly know and you don't even know how they act. You don't even know what their family history is. You might be having a child with somebody and you don't even realize that the child that you have are going to pick up. No matter. I don't care if you don't love your baby father. Right. You don't love your baby mama. Right. You don't let them. I don't let my baby mama. My baby mama this. My baby father this. You are still raising your baby father inside your child and you are still raising your baby's mother inside of your child and that's why it's imperative that both of you even if you cannot you know don't like each other you got to be able to get along and that's why you should know who you're dealing with before you start laying down with each other and I know I sound real like my grandma like my old like my grandma my great-grandparents I sound kind of oldish but that's just the reality of it if I didn't love my husband I'm still raising his son who's going to be most likely like him so I want to make sure that I, I love my husband enough that I, I value what he values and we value those two th- things together because you will end up having that child emulate that same parent and that parent could be the most absentee father and you'll still see that parent in that child. And I do believe that is a reason why a lot of people have these triggers with their child because they see that other person in their child and so they can't get past that. Some mothers out here treat their children bad because of the way that they remind them of their father of their the, of the baby's father so that's just my five seconds but yeah having kids is very 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 rough and knowing that you have to do the just as a job of giving your child whatever it is that they actually need and not what you want them to have alone so I'm very particular of that and I'm not saying that I'm doing it right I'm sure my kids is going to bring my kids do it now. I, I actually have an environment for them that they respectfully can have a genuine conversation with me and not always feel like I'm going to attack them because their opinion is different. Like, how do we teach kids to debate or how to not necessarily debate, but how do we teach kids to have their own mind, but then turn their minds off when they speak? Like there is actually a way. There is a way to have a conversation with someone and still hold the authority line as being the parent, not being your child's friend, but being a true parent, guiding them and telling them no, being that parent, but also allowing them to see who they choose, who they're, who they're being, like who they're actually turning out to be. I think about my youngest daughter. She don't really take much from nobody. I love her personality like that. She just that's just not her she's not the for the ones the twos or the threes she smiles she's a pretty little girl she you know she's beautiful she's all those different things but she ain't here for the foolishness and I think about how like when we were when she was younger we would tell her like oh you could you know wear wear this pair of pants or wear this this and that and she would be like well I want to wear this skirt and we'd be like okay but you know it's it's winter time so maybe you shouldn't wear a skirt she's like okay so I'm gonna put a skirt over my pants because I like wearing this because that's what I like to do now she has never she's only been on earth for six years and thank you Jesus for those beautiful six years but she has never been disrespectful in that and and saying that this is something that she wanted to do and that's something small like an outfit and you know what I learned from some seasoned mothers is that you can't always battle these kids about the littlest thing like if it's not especially listen in the pandemic if they wanted to put a pool a fish tank in the in the, in the living room and to swim in it. as long as it will not going to hurt nobody at this point, y'all got to start relaxing some of these quote-unquote rules. Because I, I I do believe in having rules. We have rules in our house. Let's not think that my kids is in here like kind of like doing what they want to do. They up all night and they eat what they want. They do. No, I am a parent parent. However, I'm starting to learn and I've learned from the very beginning that there's just certain things that it's just some battles are not worth it. And I don't know Rather that be, be is what it is. It's just not some of those battles are not worth it. So I'm not going to battle my child because they want to wear striped socks. But I want them to wear polka dot. I just want them to have on socks. You get what I'm saying? I want us to make sure that we're raising our young girls to feel like they can have a full life. Like if they want to get their education and, and better themselves, that they shouldn't have to feel this pressure to choose between Like who's getting out of high school and getting married? Very few people. Very few people have the means to get married. And I'm not talking about just weddings because you listen, you can pull together and give somebody a beautiful wedding. I mean, you can, we see it all the time. People come in communities and give folks weddings. We're not talking about weddings. is we're talking about marriages, but I want people to be super solid when they get married. I want them to feel like they've traveled. I want them to feel like they have gone places that they've accomplished things that they have something that they choose and they truly love. How can you get married to someone else and you don't even know the things that tick you off and that make you the happiest without that other person being attached to it? Like I don't want me to be happy because my husband alone makes me happy. I want to be happy because the love that he's doing or whatever he's giving me is just the icing on the t- on the cake. It's not just the cake. I don't need him to be the cake and the icing. I want it to be something that adds to my life and it's not the life, but it takes so much trial and error to say that it takes so much trial and error to get to there to that place you know if you think about it when when I remember my some of my friends are saying they're divorced and they're really sad about that like I couldn't imagine trying to have this life and then you realize the life that you live with someone and was just like not what it cracked out to be and so therefore you went your separate ways But sometimes I feel like, you know, we forget that there's so much positive in things. And I feel like we forget the moments that if, listen, if you had to get a divorce and the marriage didn't work, it doesn't mean that you are um, no more of a value. And it doesn't mean any of that, but it may mean that you get to choose love on your own terms, because now you realize that maybe you didn't take that time before you got married to truly know who you needed to be. And maybe you didn't know where you know what you wanted to do, but you would now have the second chance to now really live life on your terms and figure out what it is that you want. That is the type of positive mindset that we forget sometimes because we live in our pain. We live in the upsetness. We live in this thought that we may have failed at marriage or we may have failed at Every little thing that we bring up because it's not just about divorce, it's not about listen, I've had so many failures in life. It's not even be it, I, I can't even begin to tell you the amount <laughs> I make them every day. <laughs> I make mistakes every day, but the failures, the true failures that we've had in life have always hurt. I've cried many a days, I've been frustrated with myself, I've been angry with myself. I've had to learn to forgive myself for the for the failures that I've had. But when I think about it outside of the pain that I felt behind it, the beauty in it was that when I, I realized that I could live through that, that failure, like the worst thing I could ever think of, like the worst thing I lived through it. because if I, I can talk about it because I lived through it. So when I did think it was going to overtake me when I thought it was going to be like the worst thing ever since, you know, whatever, I'm still here. So one, it taught me that resilience, that yes, you can make the worst mistakes in life. You can have the very bottom of your life feel like it's going to fall and still feel like you're kept. So that's one thing. And you know what? That's actually how I live my life. When I think about like my mental health, when I think about the times when I'm like feeling like I'm frazzled and I'm just losing it or I'm holding on by a string, I think about like, okay, what's the worst situation that I've had with dealing with my mental health and I've talked about this on the podcast plenty of times when I was dealing with postpartum was that those moments when I felt like I was having that psychotic break and I was just like really losing it I realized now with the healthy mindset it was that like I'm still pushed through that like I felt like I couldn't get out of that but I came out of that and that's how I personally know that there's nothing that can happen that I can't push through there's nothing that can happen that I can't live through there's nothing that I can get in that I can't come out. So that's just something to think about. But we have got to think about why we unite the way we unite with other people and make other people the decision, the deciding factor about what we choose to do. Like I said, with Ayanna Venzon, her show Fix My Life, like these folks can't, you really can't always fix stuff. Like just a, you know, news spoiler alert, please don't go into watching the episode with Lisa Ray and think that they just like got together. And, you know, you know, when you watch some of the episodes with Aizan, I don't know why I can't say her name correctly, but when you think about the Fix My Life show, how, you know, a lot of them seem like they're doing so much better, but there's been this particular episode, you're not going to find that. There's so much work to be done. That it's not going to work out. <laughs> so spoiler, it's a hot mess. However, the pain that we give to our family, I always think about now, My and not just because I watched the episode. This is really just how I think about it. I think about the way that I talk to my children. Would I be okay hearing them talk like that to my grandchildren? Because you know, all of a sudden, like my parents are the same way. All of a sudden they become grandparents and they become these new people that you've never met. You'd be like, oh, wait a minute. They can ask for McDonald's and you got McDonald's money for them, but you don't got McDonald's money for me when I was growing up. And it's not a dig to them. It's just that's just how grandparents are supposed to work. Grandparents are supposed to feel the freedom of being around their grandchildren and loving on them because they don't have the financial responsibility and the stress that comes along with making sure that they're okay. The grandparent could love the child like their own, but it's totally different when they're a grandparent versus the parent. So they get to come in and be like the best thing since sliced bread. They get to grandparents get to come in, and they are the fun the life, the backbone of kids. They 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 provide all the all the things that the parents say no to. They come in with the yeses. However, in spite of all of that, just be clear that. I do stand in agreement that mean mothers do breed mean mothers when that mother has not done the work to make a change so that she can be a better mom. It takes more than giving your child a bunch of items that you didn't get. Like we didn't grow up in our house wearing a bunch of name brands. We grew up in our house wearing things from the from from the Goodwill, but they made sure that everything was clean. They made sure everything was the way it needed to be. And yeah, I don't have to shop at the secondhand shop, but that doesn't make me a better mom just because I can give my kids uh, better items. Because we're not necessarily shopping at the Goodwill, and we're able to go into a store and buy whatever it is that I choose to buy. it Doesn't make me a better mom because I gave my kids better things what's going to make me a better mom is that i'm making sure that their mental health is right and making sure that i do the things i need to do for them for what they need and giving them that space to be able to speak and learning how to speak up for themselves without feeling like they're attacking me as a mother or as a person now don't get it twisted my kids have always you know there's always that that them times when they try to you know step that bound but it's up to me to parent that's my job to parent but I can't parent them to the point where I feel like I'm the parent so that I can shut down everything that they say because they don't have value. So mean mothers can breed a mean mother if the mother is not cognitive herself. I don't want me to talk to them a certain way and then they take that back to their kids because it's now a part of who they are. They're used to me talking to them a certain way so they talk to their kids a certain way because I wouldn't want to hear that as a mom, as a grandparent and hear my grandkids getting yelled at for something that's unnecessary because I'm giving them free will to not, you know, I'm not not equipping my children to become the voice that my grandkids are going to hear that makes them feel solid that makes them feel loved that makes them feel supported that's just the truth and every generation wants to be better than their parents I know my kids are probably going to be like I'm not giving my kids whatever whatever I want them to have those conversations because I don't want to be offended by that conversation that my parent, my kids are feeling like they want to be better than me they're supposed to be better than me You know, I'm walking around with a college degree. My husband has a college degree. My kids may say, listen, I want to be a PhD. Do that. They may say, listen, I'm trying to be a lawyer. I'm trying to get I'm trying to defend a a whole nation. I want to make sure that we have social justice, whatever it is. I just want them to be amazing citizens and dope individuals. But in order for them to be those things, I have to make sure that I am not. Overusing my authority as their parent to make every governing decision for them, I can't argue with a, uh, my six-year-old because she wants to wear a striped shirt, unless you know it's for a certain purpose. Every battle, every fight, you can you can lose a fight but win the battle. If I lose the fight about her wearing a certain color of socks, but she grows up to say you know to some young man that wants to date her, and she's like I wear what I choose to wear, then I've won the battle. I mean, I won the fight. I want to teach my kids to love themselves. So sometimes I can't tell them that they can't. Because I i can't teach that. Like, do they just all of a sudden, they turn 18 and now they're, they're like, okay, now I can do? Because like I said, I still do agree with the old school mindset that you're not grown until you can take care of yourself. But in order for them to get there, I got to help to mold them. And I have to help to mold them with the mindset that I'm helping them to choose so they can make a decision that's best for them. Not because my decision becomes their decision and my decision is final. There's nothing final in life but death. Anybody can make a mistake and turn. However, I want to make sure that their environment is conducive for them to be able to be the individual that they want to be as well. So let's talk about takeaways from today's podcast. One, first of all, go watch Ayana and watch the episode of Lisa Ray. And especially if you are dealing with some type of issues with like parental issues and things like that. I hope that if you do watch it, be very cautious. I want to give you a trigger warning. It will be triggerish if you have ever dealt with any type of issues with a parent that you may have not seen eye to eye. You've had stuff that you have unforgiven that you have not dealt with any of those things. That's just a trigger warning. Number two do mean mothers breed mean mothers yes and no everything in life is yes and no because we all have that choice to make about what it is that we choose to do and it's not going to be easy it's easy to know that you're not supposed to be a certain way but it's even harder to not be that way because you have to be conscious of yourself at all given times number three i want women of every every stage of life to realize that yes you can have an amazing husband that's like I'll taking care of the bills and you can be a stay-at-home mom but I want you to get coinages underneath your belt I want you to go out here I want you to find an online business I want you to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because it's the worst thing in the world to see when a husband passes away and there's no other income coming in and there's no other nothing and then you have this situation like I saw one of my girlfriends um she has a business she was talking about this online but i've been saying this for years like it's we got to have our own money one thing i honor my husband is that he's always like listen let's make sure you have your stuff situated so my daughters can see that you know women can be independent and they can have their own money and they can do those things but how many how many can say that their husbands are doing those things that are truly making sure that you're financially stable so that you can walk on your own like I always have in the back of my mind like if my husband goes something happens to him God forbid I pray he stays here forever and a day but I would hate for my children's existence to be upon me and then I don't have enough to give them for later on for their future because like well you know when your daddy go and that that took your dreams like that (laughs) I just don't want that for my life or for my kids so I got to do what I got to do to get these coins and save my money and do what I have to do for myself as well so that my daughters can see that so my son can see that he can see okay my mom you know she made sure she took care of certain things made sure she had her her money right I want to make sure that my wife can do the same thing should he decide to get a wife should he decide to even be married you know everybody don't got to be married told you and we talked about that too everybody does not have to jump up and get married and marriage is is a beautiful thing when you choose to want that for your life and when you are connected to somebody that makes you feel like they are giving you the icing on the cake because they're not the cake make sure that you're not just so marriage minded I want to be married I need a husband I want a wife that you forget you know normal you know common sense things Stop hooking your little caboose up to every other caboose and then expecting some Christmas miracle because that's not how marriage works. You can you can just go ahead and buy yourself an engagement ring. Be honest, you can go buy your own diamond and you can have a big celebration of friends and have all those different things. But marriage is more than a wedding. It is a contract. It is an obligation. It is a stick it out when the bills are funny and there's no money. It is a love when that person is looking like they're giving you a look. They're not looking at you in that loving eye that you saw when you met them at that altar. It's work. It's dedication. It's staying and doing your part to honor your vows, to honor yourself. Even when that desire to do it is right there. And that's could be physical, mental, emotional, whatever the case may be. So... Again, Christmas is here. We're in the flow of the Christmas season. I have never in my life spent this much time getting Christmas ready because, you know, again, I'm not changing like, okay, so for me, let's just talk about Christmas really quick because we're going to talk about that more next week. My husband and I set a limit on what we get our kids every year. Like we have a conversation about how many presents we believe our children should get. That's number one. number two, the flip of that is that I personally set the budget for Christmas because I am the one who that is my that is my project. It hasn't always been that way, but it has been that last couple of years. So that's my personal project that I try to set my personal budget for what it is I choose to spend without using a credit card, without um, charging anything whatsoever and not that charge. are we going to charge it and pay it? No, like literally I'm not using my no credit cards whatsoever and then having the ability to come underneath the budget so that's the game that I play this is my number and I want to come as way underneath that as possible so each year I've been trying to challenge myself to save you know spend less spend less spend less I feel like especially with 2020 and the pandemic I know it's like this thought process like we should give them more but I'm like no spend less give with intention really understand what your children quote unquote want because you know they just quote unquote want that for a second and then give it about two weeks and these gifts will be wherever they're going to be that's why when I do give them things I give them things that I have no problems whatsoever them doing whatever they're going to do with it because I don't want to give from a heart that's upset or frustrated because they're not doing a certain thing with it I don't give from that type of mentality so we set a number I set the budget and I come underneath that budget because spending less and it truly does matter our kids, everybody's kids, really, and most kids are blessed. They have more than enough. So don't go overspending, trying to give your kids a whole bunch of labels, a whole bunch of number of gifts. Um, We're really fortunate. Like I said, not every family is even fortunate to even know what Christmas is even going to look like for them this year. So many people are struggling. So many people don't have certain people at the table. So I'm just trying to, like I said, I'm not wavering off of our budget. Matter of fact, I'm already done with them anyway. So it is what it is. I'm already under budget. So it is what it is. And I've, and I'm glad for it. Those are the takeaways for this week. We're going to continue with episode number 11 next week because we're going to extend season two. But I want to talk about next week is about different traditional things that I do or we've done throughout the years for Christmas, which ones, which traditions have I kept from my family from my parents from my upbringing and which ones have i tweaked and which new ones have i created so i want to talk about that next week as we move closer and closer to the christmas time And again, I know everybody in the world does not celebrate Christmas. There's people that celebrate Hanukkah. There's people who celebrate Kwanzaa. There's people who don't celebrate at all. There's some people who don't care about the day, but they celebrate the spirit behind it. Whatever you choose, it's all about choice. But we're going to talk about how for me, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. And how, again, what traditions have I kept from my childhood and why? Which ones have I said, nah, that ain't for me. I'm not doing that. And which are the new traditions that I do that are things that we didn't do as a kid? Because everybody does holidays differently. Um, Again, leaving you with the mental health space. If you need to to see a therapist and you need to start that process, please do it as soon as possible. Don't do it later. Do it as soon as you see that you need it. Go ahead and take care of it. Go ahead and do what you got to do this is I know there's a lot of telehealth or tele um, mental health appointments that are now available people are doing it via a zoom um, some type of a link that you can go in. you can see your therapist they can see you to keep you and your therapist safe because like I said keep washing your hands keep keeping your house clean stay as away from people as much as possible I know that sounds strange to say but we have to do our part So happy Friday. I will be enjoying a glass of wine today because it's Friday and that's what we do. And um, we'll be back next week. Have a great weekend.